Football Made Simple. Become great at your craft by finding ways to make it simple for those around you. This is the Coaching 101 Podcast, hosted by Find A Way Productions. With your co-host, Daniel Chamberlain and Kenny Simpson. What's up, coaches? This is the Coaching 101 Podcast. I'm Daniel Chamberlain, co-host. Here with Mr. Kenny Simpson. Coach, how's things? Well, it's bittersweet. You know, I know y'all are still playing. Uh, we were knocked out. We made it to the round of eight and kind of ran into a talented team and had some opportunities there. weren't able to quite take advantage of it. You know, so that part's the bitter part. The sweet part is we had the most wins or tied the most wins in school history, went farther than we ever gone, you know, had a great time with the kids. So that part, really cool. Um, and if you're watching this, you notice I'm wearing a hat, which I never wear. Because they talked me into playing an adult flag league football team. And so we played two games this afternoon. And I'm super old. I just played quarterback. Like I didn't even like didn't play defense, didn't run any routes. And I'm gonna have a hard time getting out of bed tomorrow. And so it was a lot of fun, but uh I'm starting to realize 43 is not 23, it's not even 33. It's different, it hits different if you when you get that age. So been a fun, been a, a sad weekend early for me. Had a lot of fun this afternoon, kind of get my mind off it. Um, and then, of course, we got Thanksgiving break coming up, so I get to see family. So one of those bittersweet deals where really want to play on Thanksgiving. I think that's kind of been a goal of mine. Really would like to be able to do that. However, getting to see family and being around family is it's a special thing. So, yep, uh, yeah, we we do still play. Um, I get to check off my bucket list of coaching on Thanksgiving. Um, we'll have practice. We play at one o'clock Friday, which is going to be a little bit weird. Hmm. Um, I don't know why they did that. They just double booked the same place. All four teams left are from up in the, the east side, so all around the Tulsa area, um, which has pretty much been the precedence for since like 1995, I think, since a west side school won the, the 6A, but um yeah so it's it's gonna be a little bit different get to go in start tomorrow with some thanksgiving week practice and i'm I'm absolutely stoked uh i personally was a little nervous because we had some nail biters this year and and you know once again i'm just like a volunteer assistant so i don't i don't have a lot of room to talk i don't i don't get a lot of you know um freedom with game plan or anything like that but uh, I was glad to see, man. We we really had a dominating performance Friday night. It was it was really good to see. Um, shut down a a D one. I think he's committed to uh, University of Oklahoma. Um, if not, at least I know they offered him. So I mean, it was really neat having that skillful of a player on the, on the field. You know, of course we're loaded as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then our defense, man, they did an outstanding job of of scheming him up and. Uh, realistically holding him catchless until he, he definitely didn't score until it was on our twos. So right. that, that felt good, right? It didn't matter what level of coach you are. It feels really good to go out and do that, that good of a job on, on anybody. So super excited, man. I, my first ever Thanksgiving practice. I'm, yeah. I hope you do well, man. I'm cheering for you guys and the guys are still playing. If you're listening to this, you're still playing, man. We hope you guys do great. We'd love to hear about it. You know, maybe comment below and let us know and, 
you know, obviously you know what you're doing. Maybe we can get you on the show and you can come tell us there you go. what you did to get there. You're not playing. I think this episode is kind of in line with probably where you are at the season, talking about wrapping things up and evaluating it. And uh, it's tough because a lot of times you're exhausted at the end of the year. It either went really well and you're exhausted like I am, or it went really not well and you don't want to be too critical but how you evaluate and how you move on is important. We have a statement with our kids we use, we try to use as coaches as well. I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, it's, you know, what you wouldn't accept in defeat, don't accept in victory. Right. So just because we went 10 and two, we're going to have an honest conversation about the two games we didn't win. One, we lost by 10 and one, we were within, we were tied in the third quarter. So those are obviously games we could have won, What could we have done better as coaches? And then we'll visit with our returning players. What could we have done better as players to win those games? Those are easier conversations after a winning season, much easier. Um, It's difficult when you're 0-10, but you got to find what can you do to improve. So we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. No, it's – I mean – it's a strange time of year anyway just because so many people are still in it and then so many aren't and – um, if you are still there, it's sometimes it is hard not just be super excited. But I think you said last week, right? Like you you won a really good big game, walk off field goal, and you have basically until you get home and close your eyes to to be excited about that game. Then you got to go on. So you know tonight's episode is about evaluating your performance, and and we're going to talk about scheme. We're going to talk about coaches. We're talk about returning players. Um, but now's the time also just don't forget that it's okay now to go back and look at all the good stuff, right? right. It's a great time to go back and remember like, man, we did do a good job and that's evaluating, right? You can go back and look at that, but okay, we, we played this really well. This coach did an outstanding job this year. Um, this player, the safety wide receiver, whatever it is, you know, couldn't, couldn't be stopped in this situation. So that's, I think that's the good stuff you can't forget to go back and look at. All right, man. Um, well, Coach, before we uh, go on, why don't you share some ways to uh, keep football simple for our coaches and our kids? Coaching 101 Podcast is sponsored by Findaway Productions. Findaway Productions also sponsors fbcoachsimpson.com for all your coaching needs with over 30 coaching materials, books, as well as 50 PowerPoints and videos and smaller materials and the free magazine headsets. Findaway Productions also sponsors OffensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com, all things offense, and DefensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com, all things defense. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Speed and Movement. At AthleticSpeedMovement.com, we've taken Dell Basket's 45 years of speed and movement training and put it all in one place just for you. You can get the same training that NFL players have been getting for years, collegiate players have been getting for years, and now high schools across the nation are paying thousands of dollars to bring Dell in to, to install his system. But we've got it online for you. It's time to help your team become faster, not just in the 40, not just their sprint speed, but between the tackles and their cuts while they're chasing down the quarterback. It's time for you to help them become faster everywhere. Jump over to athleticspeedmovement.com. There's an orange button there. Just click it. It says, uh, get the keys to playing faster. You'll get the three core movement video from Dell. He's explaining the science behind it all for just the price of your email. Check it out, athleticspeedmovement.com. All right. Excellent, man. Thank you. Um, so we'll jump right in here. Question number one, how do you evaluate your system? So we talked about system coaches, players. I think we'll stick in that order. So let's just start with our system. You go back and you got 
hopefully 10, hopefully no one had a shortened season, but 10, 11, 12 game films to watch. Um, where do you start and just kind of how do you go about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing you got to do is at the beginning of the year, most coaches kind of sit down with their schedule and have a ballpark idea of where they should be realistically. Because we don't, you know, if you coach at college, you know, or you coach in the professional league, then you should win every game. And that's kind of your, because everybody's relatively equal talent wise, you hope, you know, right. Unless you're at one of those colleges that, man, you're just now doing whatever. High school level is not that way. Like it's, there are some times where situation you're in, you maybe hope to win or should win five games, four games, or maybe some years it's seven, eight. Or maybe some years that say we think we have got a, a chance to win the conference. Or maybe this is our year. This is our year to make a run. We could make a run to whatever. But you kind of know at the beginning of the year roughly where you think you ought to be. Um, and there's as coaches, we we range. I've got coaches on my staff that are the optimists. I think we probably should have won state every year. I've got coaches that are probably the pessimists. I kind of fall into that group because I always look at the worst thing first. And then you've got coaches that are kind of realists. So find the realists on your staff. You'll find them. And they'll be able to kind of tell you what you expected. Right. So you need to look back through that lens. Like the beginning of the year, maybe you were supposed to win four games and you won five. Well, that's a good year. You know, it means your system kind of did what you hoped it would do. You know, yes. if you were supposed to win six or seven and you underachieved and you won three or four, it could be not just the system, but that obviously was part of it. So that's not as underachieving. So you need to kind of figure out like, what you should have won and did you win those and did your system, this is a big one for me, did your system allow you to win or be in some games you shouldn't have been in? Like were there some games where you were physically outmatched and you either won the game or you played them way better than you should have played them? You know, if the answer to those questions are yes, you know, we did, then your system's probably pretty solid. There's probably some tweaks you got to make, you know, but if you're looking at this going, nope, and not only did we not win those, we got humiliated in those, then that's when you need to start reevaluating. Maybe this is not what I should be doing schematically. There's more than just scheme. The wins, loses, ball games. I want to be careful with that. There's a lot more than just scheme. Some team in your state won the state championship, run the wing tee. Some team in your state won the state championship running spread. So it's not just a scheme, but that is part of it. Okay. Second thing I think you got to ask about is did like one side of the ball or the other overachieve? You know, did you maybe defensively, you know, you you kind of built your team on defense and they played really, really well. Well, a lot of times that goes back to the, and it's not just a system like you run a three, four, four, or whatever it is, but the system of the way your program is set up. Like, are you a defensive team and you leaned into that? Are you an offensive team and you leaned into that? You kind of have an idea or a mindset, or if you don't, you really do. So you need to think about it. You know, <laughs> like for me, I've been a defensive coach since I started. I run, and it's, which is ironic because I sell a system, the gun T, that's an offensive system. But it comes about treating the game defensively because it's all about protecting the defense, running the ball, moving the ball, you know, being smart with what we do, don't turn the ball over. That's a defensive mindset. So, like, for me, that's kind of where we put our all of our eggs, all our good players are over there. That's what we do. Defensively this year, we were ranked number two in the state in points given up. 
So we would say, okay, our system is working. It's keeping us in some games we shouldn't be in. You know, it's allowing us to be effective in these games. So, and you might be the opposite way. You might say, no, we're going to just try to outscore everybody because that's who we are. Well, the same thing. Did you overachieve in that? Were you ranked high in that and you won some games? Ultimately, it's winning games. Bill Belichick once said stats are for losers. Like nobody looks at stats except the team that lost. Like you don't get to brag about scoring this or that or yard. No one cares. Did you win some games you shouldn't have won because of how you set up your team? Okay. The third one is, did one injury derail your entire season? You don't have a scheme then. You have a player. Like if you have an injury and your season just goes kaput, then your scheme is not very good. Now, there are years where you have, you know, six kids get hurt, and there's nothing you can do as a coach at that point. But if it goes to where one or two kids got hurt and all of a sudden we had to completely change offenses or defenses or we just completely lost our identity, then you have more of an issue than just a personnel issue. Then your scheme is kind of failing you. So you need to kind of look at how you handled the injuries you know, did you build some depth? Is this sustainable? Because that's the other deal. If one injury kills you, well, what happens when that kid graduates? So when you're looking at scheme, the main thing is, did you win some games you shouldn't have won? Were you competitive in games you shouldn't have been competitive in? And then were you able to overcome potential injuries or talent deficits or whatever it might be because of your scheme? Because that's the ultimate goal. That's why coaches are going to spend the next four months, five months. They all, a lot of them come to me with questions about scheme. All we're really trying to do is find a way to compete in games we're not supposed to compete in or a way to win games that were relatively even. So that's the question to ask yourself about your scheme. Did you win those games? If you didn't, it might not just be scheme, but probably that played a role. So, uh, you know what, I like what you said about the games you should win. And I I always just say, find your ceiling. And I think you need to look at games you should win, games you could win, and then games where you're going to have to be perfect. I don't think any coach sets down and goes like, we are losing that game 100%. Don't even get the trade the film. We're not winning. That's that's ridiculous because you never know what injuries they're going to have. You never know. Um, did there some other something else going on at the coaching staff with whatever it is, right? Kids are ineligible all the time. How many times have you had to replace a kid for eligibility? Um, so I, yeah, I don't think that we're ever going to look down and say we're not going to win that game, but we also have to be honest with ourselves. We got to go out and play perfect, yeah. maybe even get lucky in a place or two to go win some, right? right. And that's and I, okay before you, before you move too far. That's we kind of do three categories, same thing you do. Games that we should win. And then we're honest with our kids. Like, we don't like, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, we just tell our kids, guys, we, this is a game we probably should win. And then we have coin flip games, like you mentioned. And then you have those other games that are, like you said, this year we didn't have any of those, but there's been some years we've had five of those where things got to be perfect. Yeah. So, like you said, we don't think we're going to lose them, but you kind of go, these are going to be tough. Yeah. Um. And so I think you just got to go back and see, did you do what you thought? And then, you know, you talked about one side of the ball overachieving, but did you overachieve your record? Did you go further than you should have? Um, and that's internal. Cause you just came out of a season where externally you were picked 
to not be very good, right? Like fifth or something in the district. And I don't, I, I assume y'all are around 18 districts like we are. Is that? We were, we were ranked like 24th out of 32 teams. So we finished in the top eight. So externally, great year. And it was right. still a good year. We thought realistically we could compete to be in the top three or four in our conference, which is playoffs. And we finished second. There you go. Um, yeah. So should win, could win, have to be perfect. Uh, if you, if you did all of those, I think that you're in a good place systematically. And I think you have to, now you don't get to average them out. If you overplay a game, and win one, maybe you weren't, you didn't think you could, but you still lost a should win game. Uh, it's not a, a law of averages here. You need to go back and figure out why did you not play up to the to the, the game that you should have won, right? Or why did you play down to your to your opponent, whatever it was that you did. And then when, when you talk about having a side of the ball overachieve, I think that's big time, especially if it's a first year in a new system. Maybe you've been trying to piece something together, trying to build your own system, because we're all alpha-type males, it seems like, and we, we think we need to create stuff for ourselves um, to have a little more ownership, and, and it's, it's just not the way. So if you bought into a system, you bought Gun T this year, and now you blew the doors off the competition, then hopefully you're comparing that to your last year's eval and going, all right, we are in a way better place. And right? tell your friends to come get it too. Cause that's all right. Go see everybody over get the gun. College. Team. That's right. So. Um, another, another thing I think you need to look at is did you, in all that game film, you know, whether it's 10, 11, 12, how many games did you ever find yourself without an answer? Because I think that's the next piece of, do I have a system? Now, if you went 10 and two, 11 and one, I, maybe, Maybe it don't matter. Maybe you found yourself without an answer some night and it's you just need to fix that piece of your system, but it's still a pretty good system. But if you consistently found yourself in a, I don't have an answer for that kid. I don't have an answer for that formation. Um, I don't have an answer for the defense that they've put in front of us, whatever it is. Then I think you have to go back and say, I'm either in a broken system or I'm not in a system at all. If you're finding success elsewhere, it's probably just a missing piece. You got to finish the puzzle out, and and that's a, that's what this off season can be for you. And I'll say one last thing on systems here too. While we're here, is uh, I think defense does win championships. But what I have found is this: at some point, defense becomes about your athletes. At yeah. some point, your defense will be exposed regardless of the system you run because the game is offensively minded, like it's built for the offense to succeed. So it's easier, easier to overachieve on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball. So if you're struggling on the offensive side of the ball, that could be a scheme problem. If you're struggling on the defensive side of the ball, it could be scheme, but it could also be players yeah. because the way the game is built is on offense you can hide bad players and showcase good players. Unfortunately, on defense, you got to play 11. And so I would say that it's easier. It's not saying that one's better than the other, but I'm saying if you're not constantly, in your mind, overachieving offensively, I would reevaluate your scheme. Yeah, perfect. Um, so the next part here, we're going to talk about coaches. And this is the one that I think can get – I think you need to do it now. 
um, because you need your, your mind to be fresh. Who did what? Who was good at what? Who was terrible? Who continuously needed extra time? Um, who doesn't communicate well? Whatever it is. I think you need to do these evaluations now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hit the brakes on this one very long. But how are you going to evaluate your coaches? Yeah, so one, um, I'd say a lot of this should have been done in season. Like if you're getting at the end of a season and surprise, you're fired, you failed that guy as a head coach. Like that should have been going on all year long if you're at that role, that level. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's sometimes every coach can improve. Like the head coach can improve. Right. You know, every coach can get better. And so there's going to be something in that meeting where you can give the guy, hey, here's a couple of things you can do to, to continue to grow as a coach. But if it's at the point where, like, you know, I need to fire this guy, where were those conversations four weeks ago, five weeks ago, ten weeks ago, eight weeks ago? You know, to me, you need to – that's a shared blame. I've had to fire one coach, my staff, my first year as a head coach. I had to fire an OC. Um, a lot of reasons I don't really want to get into on a podcast. Nope. But we shared that blame. Like, he had done some things wrong, but I had let them some things go on, too. And so there's equal parts to blame there. So if you're a head coach, it's a caveat for you. Now, let's kind of move into the, the answer here. One, stats matter. Like, stats do matter. They're for, I know they said they're for losers, but not winning and losing. Like, did that guy's position group get better? You know, did you put him in charge of that he was a lot, wherever he was doing? Did that group improve? Kids improve for basically two reasons. One is maybe you have a really good coach. Okay. Two is you have a really good motivator, which I think is part of one. You know, and so did those kids buy into that coach? Did they want to work hard for that coach? Did that group improve as the season went on? Okay. So that's a big one is did his group get better or did they kind of get stagnant? You know, and so that's one thing you can look at. Number two is you can get feedback. So feedback from the kids, you know, we're not going to just, kids don't decide who we hire and fire, but ultimately kids decide if you get fired or not. So you you better kind of know which coaches are, are well-received by the team. I don't mean they love them and let them do whatever they want to do because some coaches are different, but which coaches are affected with their kids, which kids know their coach cares about them, which, you know, which coach is the one the kids, each coach has their own strength but all of them should be able to relate to their kids and make them better. And so feedback matters there. Then you need to think about like, realistically, what are you in situationally? Are you in a place you can get rid of a coach and replace them? Is that even really a possibility? Are you in a place where you can reassign and move people freely? Or are you at a public school where, yeah, you can get rid of that guy, but now you're going to coach with four people. So you need to kind of think about all of that stuff up front. Then you need to think about the other part of the job that no coach likes to think about, and that's the admin side of it. Was this coach good at being on time? Was this coach good at being organized? Was this coach good at having his whatever I've asked him to do into me when it was supposed to be due? Did this coach monitor the locker room? Did this coach represent us well in the community? Did this coach represent us well in the school? You know, and so all of those things matter because ultimately – you know, you're responsible for them. I don't know how many conversations I've had where it's been, can you talk to your coaches? Like by a principal, like they're your teachers, you know, but that's kind of how that goes, <laughs> like it or not. 
is can you talk to one of your coaches about X, Y, or Z? So they represent you. So that part does play a role. You know, to me, I don't know if it's as big a role as a head coach. Like I think a head coach is a huge role. As an assistant coach, maybe a smaller role, but they still need to fulfill those areas. So that's another thing you got to evaluate with them. And then the big thing here to me is, does the coach want to get better? Like, does the coach want to truly want to get better? And if they do, I think you can work with any coach. You may have to move them positionally, wherever, for a better fit. Maybe they need to go down and get some experience at a junior level. Uh, maybe they want to go down and get experience. We had one this year who wants to be a play caller at varsity level. Obviously, with me at the varsity level, that ain't going to happen. So he wanted to go down to the junior high and practice. And I said, that's a great fit. And I thought he grew tremendously as a coach because he chose to go there. And so I think a lot of times what coaches have that burning desire to improve. Those are the guys that I think you want to kind of elevate. And when you're making decisions on who gets a bigger role, those are the ones you elevate. Then you have some coaches in your staff that maybe football is not even their first sport. Like maybe they're a head whatever coach. They did a good job for you, but what you get is what you're going to get. And so what's a role they can fulfill? Unfortunately, then you're going to have the third category, which is guys that are just dead weight. And so hopefully throughout the season, there's been some conversations, some documentation, if need be. And then that's the time now where if you got to cut one loose, hopefully there's been plenty of warning to what's coming. And then that's when you do that. Yeah, I think evaluating coaches is so hard because, uh, like I've said a thousand times, we're bad at communicating. And most coaches, instead of if something isn't getting done right, they'll just go do it. We're so hard-headed, we can't sit down and be like, this is what I need done. Here's your left and right limits. Now make it yours. Or I expect this high of a quality you know, it needs to be better than that. Or here's an example to follow or whatever it is, right? Like there's there's so many places where we fall short just because we won't have those conversations because they're a little bit hard to have, especially if I already screwed up and didn't communicate well to start. And now whatever it is, isn't getting done, whether it's drills or, or I guess I should say whether it's X's and O side of the house or the relationship side of the house, or like you said, administratively, right? So those are, once, you know, I was reading through your head coach book the other day, and it was talking about your meeting times with all your coaches, and it's very laid out. It's, it's No one has to ask what time is Sunday meeting because here's when it is, right? Um, if you're a little more free flow and then the guy shows up late and you're ready to go home and films broke down, but he showed up at the same time you did last week, and that's not – you just – that's when you got to be careful, right? And that's um, – And I think you talk to – yeah, I'm sorry. I think there's issues like that no one did wrong. You did wrong. Like, here's one. Like, our locker room is a disaster. Like, I've never – I don't really care about the locker room. I think that that's one of the dumbest things as coaches we can do is, you know, everything is perfect in a locker, and that's going to help us win. I don't really think those two things equate. However, it doesn't need to be a pigsty. Like, uh, there's a fine medium. Clearly, I didn't – I'm not good at that. So, I'm going to need to figure out a coach that's going to help me with that moving forward like i promise you we clean it up for we do it's not as bad as i'm making it sound but it could be better and there's probably a coach that can help me with that and so 
that's something I think as a head coach, a lot of times you come out and say, this was my, I dropped this ball. I allowed this to happen. Can somebody help me in this area? And a lot of times that's where you're going to get, you're working as a team, you're working as a unit, not blaming anybody. Right. Um. So yeah, just evaluating, you can even do some self-evaluation here too. What did you, like you just said, what is your weakness? What do you need to go out and look for to help or, or get someone else on track and have a conversation with them? Say, hey, this is your new duty. Um, I, I really like what you said about the kids' feedback because that's that's what matters at the end, right? It's it's what are we putting on the field on Friday night? And that starts with how they're being treated Monday through Thursday. If a coach is just a jerk or doesn't know what he's doing, Right, You may just have one that doesn't have that competency of whatever position they're trying to coach. Maybe they lied to get a position because they heard it was like, oh, yeah, you really want to be the O-line coach. Or um, maybe they were very honest with you and said, I don't know, but then just didn't find a way to improve along along the way. So listen to the, the kids. May let you know something you you haven't picked up on because some people are just different when they get into a position of leadership and around subordinates, if we will. I, I'm air quoting here. Um, you know, those, those kids kind of are their subordinates in that situation. So when they get to that position, they can they can kind of change upstairs. So those are great. Uh, last part here, how do you evaluate your returning players? And evaluating players is my weakness because um, I'm still new enough that like body types is kind of where I have to start. And then I want to get speed on the field. And then competency. And maybe that's what you're about to say. Hey, find the body type. Find the fastest kid that knows what he's doing. I don't know. <laughs> but no, there's a couple things. Let's talk about like evaluating kids that you put out there last year. Um, one, I think obviously at the end of the day, you got to have the most talent you can put out there. The talent is different. You know, talent can be different. And so we, I don't want to get into that. That'd be a whole new podcast we ought to do. Should be, you know, skill versus intelligence. Because I think they're very different. And I think sometimes as coaches, especially at the collegiate level, so if you're a young D2 coach listening to this, you guys suck as recruiters because that's all you do is walk in the door and look for the tall kid. Like, okay, my wife can go do that. Like, why don't you turn the freaking film on and recruit the good kids? Like, I, that's why some D2s win and some don't win and they don't recruit our kids. And so, sorry, Arkansas Tech, if you're listening, talk about you. Okay, That just makes me mad. Like, come in there and recruit our kids that are good. Don't come in there and ask for who's six foot four. Like, who cares? You know, anyway, sorry to get off my tangent right there. But uh, let's talk about uh, kids that played. So a lot of times it's, it's different because some of these kids maybe were a scout team guy. So what was the role? Like, what role did you ask them to do? You know, did you ask them, is this your starting quarterback who's returning? Well, that's a whole different conversation. You know, is this your kid who, you know, started three games for you as a sophomore because he had to fill in and now he's going to be a full-time starter. That's a different conversation. Or is this a kid who, hey, you took your red shirt sophomore year because you weren't ready to play yet and physically you weren't ready or mentally, whatever it is. Now we need you to take a step forward to becoming a guy who can compete to start. So there's a lot of these different things. We talked last podcast, I think, about like guys trying to figure out, uh, trying to figure out what their role is and you as a coach needing to kind of define that role for them. Like here's what your ceiling is where we think you could get, if you really will work hard. Um, and so did they hit that mark? Like was your mark for them 
we want you to be on our extra point field goal team. And they hit the mark and did the best they could within that. Or was it, we need you to be an all-state quarterback? Did they hit that mark? So whatever the role is you've asked them to do, did they fill it and why did they not? Some of that could be you. It goes back to question one, scheme. Some of that could be the coach, two. Then finally, it could be the player, three. Maybe they didn't take care of their body. Maybe they didn't take film serious. Maybe they didn't. There's a lot of things. But ultimately, why did they fill it or not fill it? You know, and that's whatever that role might be. Okay. Question two for me is a big one is, did they improve as the season went on? Like as the season went on and it got there, you'll find even this year, we had a great year. I'd say 90% of our kids went up significantly, but there's 10% of them that plateaued somewhere around week four, five, or six and didn't get better. And you might even have a couple of them that might've even have regressed. Some of that could be easy things like they got injured. And they got hurt and they were playing through injury. So they kind of just, that was, that's an easy one. Like, I know, I appreciate you playing through injuries. You know, we're going to have to work next year to make sure we're taking our weight room more serious and we're taking flexibility more serious. You don't have that happen again. Or we need you to put on 10 pounds so you can handle the beating that you're going to take so that that doesn't happen again. Some of it, it could be worse things. Like maybe they lost interest in what was going on because you didn't have a good season. So that, that happened as a real thing. You're not having a good season and those kids are ready for basketball, you know, and so that could be a possibility. It could be they didn't relate to their coach. It could be they didn't believe in the scheme. It could be they got frustrated with their role. There's a lot of things it could be, you know, and you need as a coach to figure out why, specifically why they didn't improve. And those are the kids you need to figure out how to motivate because if you can figure out how to, how to turn them the right direction, they might be a player for you. Okay. The ones that did approve, improve, I think you just move quickly through that. You just kind of, that's an easy one. Appreciate you. You got better every game, excited about this year, and bang, we move on. You know, uh, the third one I've got down here is do they want to return to the same role? Do they want to return to a bigger role? And then that's when the conversation for the offseason kicks off with what kid's going to say, yeah, I want the same role. Like they're all going to say, I want more. Everybody does because as coaches, we want more. And then boom, well, okay, I'm glad you said that. Here's your goal sheet. And here's what we expect you to do. Okay, here's what you didn't do very well last year. Here's what you can do better this year. But I've gone through three steps before I jumped into what you screwed up at. You know, as a lot of times a coach, we jump right into negative. You know, let's talk about what they did well. Let's talk about if they improved. So hopefully it's a good conversation. Then let's talk about what they have to do to improve even more between end of the season, start of the next. A lot of times that conversation can be physical. And Daniel, you kind of mentioned speed, strength. Of course, of course, that's going to be part of it. Most of the time for me, that problem or that issue they might be having or what we need to get better at is leadership and discipline and different things. And you try to point out specific things, like you've been late to this many things. You know, you, you didn't have the right clothes on this one or whatever your whatever your thing is. Or, hey, you lost your cool in these two games. You had a hard time under pressure keeping your composure. You know, that's a conversation I've got to have with a couple of kids. 
we come back next week of big game, big moment, we can't have 15-yard penalties. Like, that's not acceptable. You know, so what are we going to do to help you get better in that area? It doesn't have to be a mean conversation or a blaming or a upset anything. It just needs to be an acknowledgement of a weakness and a plan of action to make it not a weakness. So that could be your 165-pound guard. How are you going to put on 20 pounds so you can play next year at a better level? It could be, you know, you were the quarterback of the team, but you watched the least amount of film. How are we going to improve that? That could be you were a sophomore who started for us and did well, but you were timid and really didn't take a leadership role, and we need you to kind of grow in that area and start leading these younger kids. That could be a your potential was up here, but your performance was kind of mid-level. How do we close that gap? Like, what do we do to close that gap? And then I think once you've done that, then you sit down as a coaching staff, and this is kind of off topic here, but then you sit down and you start piecing together your depth chart. You know, you start, okay, this guy's here, this guy's here, this guy's wherever, and you start trying to build as much depth as possible because nobody really knows. And the way the rules are now in Arkansas, you could get four move-ins or five move-outs. Nobody knows. So start trying to build kind of, we think these are our guys, and here's how we're going to play around them. And then you go right back to question one, how do you build your scheme? And then kind of working from there. Are y'all dealing with the transfer rule? Did y'all get a transfer, one transfer rule now? Yeah, you can transfer now basically before May 1st, maybe June 1st. I don't know what date it is. And you're eligible regardless if you live in Cambodia or you live in our district. You you can play. Yeah, we we have open – there's no district. You can go to school wherever you want for non-athletes. Um, for athletes, I think you still have to – you still have to play in your district where you live – but they're trying to vote in a one-time, anywhere you want to go, any reason transfer and get our transfer portal started, I guess. So I'm, uh, that's – It's coming. Get ready because it's in Arkansas now. I mean, they can, they can do whatever they want to, but they only get to do it once a year. That's crazy. Um, so where do, where do we fit on this? At what point do you sit down – and I know I spoke a little bit about self-evaluation, but – where do you self, where do you sit down and evaluate yourself and and how you did as a, a head guy running all three of these? Yeah, I think a lot of that is you talk, you give evaluations to players, to feedback. I'm not a big paper guy. I used to be, and that's fine. I like to look them in the eyes. You know, I, I've, I've kind of found that's been better for me. Obviously, that may not be the case for you. You may have you may have three thousand kids, whatever, but. Part of that is what can we do better as a program? When you say it that way, you're really saying what can I do better as a head coach, but it's not coming out that way. When you say what can we do as a program, that kind of softens softens it up where they're more willing to maybe say some negative things. And I found the best ones to do that with are outgoing seniors. Like that's the kids. Those are the kids. You got to be careful in that because some of them are bitter and upset, whatever, but most of them, you're going to get your most honest feedback from them because they're not returning. They're not on your staff. And so guys on your staff are falling two categories. The, I don't care anyway. I'm just going to tell you what I think, which there aren't very many of those because uh, those guys have a hard time usually lasting very long, or I'll tell you whatever you want because I'd like to keep your job. So they fall <laughs> in one of those two categories. And like I mentioned, unless you guys have been on your staff for a while, 
you know, like I've got two or three guys on my staff now that have been on there for 10 years. They just tell me what they think. They probably didn't do that right at the beginning. You know, it kind of took time. So they're going to be less likely to probably tell you stuff. Returning players, they might. But, again, some of them are playing, fighting for playing time. Outgoing seniors are probably your best opportunity to find out some of that stuff. Some of that stuff. But you have to be honest, and I do give coaches and everybody the chance to, hey, what can we be better at? And I think when you phrase it that way and it's it doesn't have to be a negative deal, again, those conversations are much easier to have when you've had a winning year. You know, if you are – if you underachieved or you were three and seven or four and six, it's a harder conversation. But and it, it still needs to happen. It definitely still needs to happen. You've got to figure it out. Or or before you know it, you're three, four, five, six years into a career and, and changing schools and the excuses will follow you and so will the lack of success, right? You'll you'll just I be in a new place doing the same thing and, and you'll never learn. That's the deal. And those have to be I mean, because here's what it can turn into if you're not careful. If you're, if you're a young coach and you open that door, some kind of group meeting, or you open that door, some kind of staff meeting, or whatever it is, I hate to say don't open the door because you do need to know, but it can turn into a bash fest really, really quickly. And then it's really going to test your fortitude because. It just is not fun. Nobody likes to hear that, you know, and so just kind of be ready with how you open that door and what you're really wanting to get. And so the, what can we improve is not a bad thing. I'd be careful about what other questions you put on there that might lead to personal attacks or, you know, I just be careful because as you get in that world, I've been in that world enough where some guys know how to say things with tact and to help you, but there are some guys that don't, and they don't really want to help you. They think it's their chance to take a shot at you. And that's why I've gone away from doing paper and gone to face-to-face. If you want to say something, say it, you know, but say it, don't write it on a piece of paper anonymously. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I think we've, we've covered a ton of stuff about evaluating our program. Um, I've, I look forward to, you know, obviously we've had a successful year this year. Our, our freshman team was very successful. I have not gone back and done much because, one, I was just the DC. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to spend a lot of time evaluating the offense. I had almost no, no fingers in that whatsoever. Um, and so I want to go back and, and look at the defense. And I kept stats along the way. So that's kind of where I started and just talking to some of the kids that are moving up. We know those the kids are going to be able to perform next year and and we've had a little conversation with them but um yeah and i look forward to my my next varsity gig and and putting some of this back to work and you can put it to work at any level right i know it, the varsity levels where we probably your staff is a little bigger and 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 maybe it means more but i guess it really shouldn't it's just your goals should be different right and evaluating if you hit your goal maybe it shouldn't be Hey, did we go undefeated? Maybe it should be, are we sending 40 kids up to varsity from freshman level that know how to play football? They understand football. They can, they can 
exist in common situations or, or whatever it is. But Awesome. Well, let's jump into our last part here, coach, and that's what not to do. Um, so, so what is our lesson on what not to do as a coach today? I think a lot of times it's, it's to think that the guy who wins a state title or the guy who wins 10 games every year is a way better coach than the guy who goes five and five. I'm not suggesting that winning a state title is not a great thing. That guy doesn't know what he's doing. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is you kind of go back to what we talked about the first question here. I want to talk to the guy who is overachieving. Like that's the coach that I want to visit with, the guy who's getting the most out of his talent. So five and five for that guy, might he might have coached his rear end off to get that team to five and five. I'll give you a good example this year. So we go 10 and two this year. And a guy I've been texting back and forth with, I think they went two and eight. But they had been 0 and four years before he took the job. And he put them in a single wing and they lost four games by less than a touchdown. So you're talking about a team that hadn't won a game in like four years that won two and played multiple teams down to the wire. That guy did a great job. Nobody's going to acknowledge that, but he did a great job. And so that's the kind of guys I'm I'm looking to go visit with. I'm not trying to pour water on these guys that win state championships. That's awesome. But then our <laughs> <laughs> that's i can i can clean it up a little bit not big i'm gonna go so uh, okay so if i'm fine four and four okay i'm not i'm not trying to pour water on the guys that won a state title because that that's a whole new animal i mean those guys did a great job but it was a foregone conclusion in the state of arkansas who's going to win the 5a state championship i mean it was done it was done during recruiting season like he was going to win and so i'm not he still has to coach them and coach them up and get them ready, but just get them off the bus and you're going to win a state championship. Or some of these other guys, another guy in our conference took over a town of Wynn and had a tornado go through it, and they went down to 30 kids at the 5A level, and he brought them to number three in our conference. You know, that guy did a great job coaching. And it's right. not to say that the other guy didn't do a great job coaching, but a lot of times we evaluate ourselves on coach of the year as a guy who's 10-0, and 0, and this guy who's four and six don't know anything. Be careful in that world when you're evaluating yourself. So you're evaluating yourself on, did I have a great year? There's been times, I'll be honest, this year I thought we did a pretty good job coaching. Yeah. Did we do way better than we did last year when we went six and four? I don't know. Probably not. Probably similar. You know, did I become four wins better as a coach? Probably not, if we're being honest, but I, maybe I got two wins better as a coach, but probably I had a lot better talent. You know, that's the, the case a lot of times in this stuff. And there's years that I coached my rear end off to win four games, you know, and so be careful that just because the wins were lower or higher or whatever, that all of a sudden your evaluation changes. That's why I go back to that first question we hit. What was your realistic ceiling? How close to your ceiling did you come? You know, and, and that's where you need to put your evaluation. There's a year we made that we, uh, I think we uh, made the playoffs, went six and four, whatever it was. That was the most underachieving year I've had in a bit. Like I thought that team probably could have won eight or nine games and we won six. So that year we sat down and said, what do we do wrong? You know, and, and we had had a good year by the outside. Our fans were happy. Administration was happy. Everybody outside was happy. As coaches, we were not because we felt like we could have done more. 
Yeah. I mean, there were years where we went four and I'm mad. They should have built me a statue because I don't know how in the world we went four. You know, just just be careful when you're evaluating yourself that you're careful with it. Yeah, the reaching that ceiling and, and I think it's all relativity, man. It's you've got to compare to what was there. You know, we we all know where the really bad schools are in our states. We all know which which schools are really hard to win at. What even if a guy's there winning five games a year, we know that is a very difficult five. And maybe he had to fluff up his non-conference or his non-district to get three of those because he's just in a tough district. You know, um, some schools like yours, Coach, you know, they get bumped up or they get bumped down. In Oklahoma, the 4A schools don't want to go down to 3A because that's where all the private schools are, and they're loaded for bear. I think, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, three out of the four spots for the final four are private schools, maybe all four of them. Um, and it's been that way for many years. So moving up, moving down in conferences, what was the big change? Did something go on? But that that relativity of, you know, what is that school really capable of usually? And uh, is that coach doing, is he hitting that standard or, or going up or down? Or You know, I, I, I agree. You can't just look at a win and loss record and go, okay, that's the coach. Um, I, I appreciate, I, there was a coach of the year awarded I think it was this year, and I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was a, one of the college schools that's lost a lot of games lately, and they went mediocre. I mean, it was a 500 or maybe a, a 600 record, but they gave it to him. It could have been in the pros. I can't remember. Now I'm going to sound like an idiot and not be able to measure. But well, what happens now it was nice to see that. It was nice to see a coach that just did something great with little and got the recognition he deserved. Correct. So, all right, man. Well, we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, you got any new books that are available now? I know we talked about 5.0 came yeah. out. You want to talk about that again? Sure. 5.0, we about sold out of our first batch. So we've ordered more. So there are more 5.0s in the gun tee coming. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of things going on. If you're interested in learning football, I think there's 29 different books over at fbcoachsimpson.com. Uh, we talked a lot about the head coach workbook tonight. A lot of the stuff we talked about is in there, like how to prepare yourself to be a head coach, how to handle end-of-the-year questionnaires, a lot of that stuff if you want it. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite books we've ever done. As far as the workbooks go, it's called the Head Coach Workbook. And it's a really – it's it's not – we give an example, but then you do it with your stuff. It, it's really a great mind – kind of a thought exercise – to kind of organize you. So one of my favorite books, if you're wanting to be a head coach or are a head coach, highly would encourage that book. It's a head coach workbook and it's over at fbcoachsimpson.com. Awesome. Appreciate it, coach. Uh, you can find me on social media at Chambo, excuse me, at Coach Chambo OK on Twitter slash X. You can always email me at chamberlainfootballconsulting at gmail.com. Uh, where can we find you at? Uh, all things FB Coach Simpson. So at FB Coach Simpson at Twitter. Uh, FB Coach Simpson at Gmail for email, and then a lot of Facebook groups. Um, go check me out on all those, or just look me up. Uh, really on any of that stuff. Awesome. The podcast is at Coaching One Hundred and One Pod. I want to thank you for being a listener to the Coaching One Hundred and One Podcast. We hope you join us next week as we continue to make the complex more simple. Please consider subscribing to the show so you always know when the new episodes are out, and maybe when the new books are out, or whatever it is that's going to make your coaching easier. Getting the off season, I expect. Things will probably get pretty busy, huh? 
Uh, we'll leave you with this. It's hard to beat someone who never gives up. No matter the situation, find a way.